0: Hello, and welcome to week three of the Playful Experiences podcast. I'm your host, Matthew DeLine. I'm a student at Goldsmiths University of London, and I'm here today with... Alex. And... Tommy. Um, Billy. Yeah, uh, so we've got two familiar faces to people that have been listening. Alex is uh, joining us this week for his first podcast here as well. Uh, So I just wanted to sort of talk uh, uh, briefly about some of the things that we've been... Uh, experiencing while living here in London. Uh, I'm certainly new to the area. I spent some time here last year, but living in London uh, This is my first experience here And I just sort of wanted to give a brief overview of the course that we've been taking and how that affects us and sort of Talk to you guys about what living in London has been like uh, So just for the people that aren't familiar uh, We're all graduate students at Goldsmiths University of London, which is in New Cross, uh, sort of an area in Southeast London that's very vibrant and very interesting. And personally, I really enjoy studying here because I think it's really cool. Um, And uh, we're here studying a a course called Independent Games and Playable Experience Design. And that's run by Professor Phoenix Perry, uh, who who has basically started this, uh, this group. This is our first year of this program. And we've got a a really interesting variety of people from different backgrounds from all over the world uh, really kind of coming together for the shared interest of of enjoying games and and enjoying the experiences around them, Uh, not just from a video game standpoint, but to board games, to live action role playing games and all kinds of really interesting things. And that passion I think is evident with everybody here that's in this program. So um, I just wanted to sort of, let's start off maybe just by talking about, I'm gonna go around the room here real quick and just ask what brought you here? What, what, what interests you most about what you're doing and what are you most excited about? And I'll start the floor here with Alex today. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm a musician
1: by trade, uh, trumpet player and uh, audio engineer. Uh, mainly I've, I've kind of dipped in and out of trumpet playing for several years and gone into more production and mixing and recording in studios. Uh, so what got me into this world was uh, basically like two years ago I kind of got interested in learning 3D applications like Blender, um, got into 3D modelling and, cool. and sort of, yeah. Uh, I've always been into games but because of being being a musician for 10 years or whatever, I kind of didn't really, I didn't have enough time to play games and stuff like that uh, during my 20s, but I was really fascinated with games, obviously in your teenage years. Um, yeah, I just uh, randomly went along to the Masters, uh, what's it called, uh, the, uh what was it? The Open, the open Night? Yeah. yeah. Open Met Matt, um, and Recommended to go and see this sort of out the way. It was kind of out of the way. Um, yeah,
0: sort of like the 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 this, the room that Phoenix had been sort of yeah. giving her presentation was a bit over in the corner, but we yeah. we walked yeah, our I way think. over there, which was cool.
1: And I completely dug it. I totally dug it. Um, yeah. Phoenix was great, and I thought, wow, this is kind of as a creative person, this is kind of the vibe I want to be around. And I thought, yeah, let's just let do it.
0: Yeah. And it has it has it been a while since you've done sort of any other studying on your own like since yeah. you're undergraduate? Yeah, so
1: uh as a hobby, I would sit and watch YouTube and uh, study in my own time and have a, a pattern of work fl- of a workflow that suited me. yeah um, right now it's uh it's very challenging for me to to step now back into the academic world um, yeah. So I find it challenging and very enjoyable, but also quite stressful Yeah, with time management. But yeah, yeah.
0: We, we we had a very long <laughs> conversation before the, start, the podcast started about how we're managing our hours in terms of courses and how we're managing that workload with the work we have to do outside of class and sort of these extracurricular activities like the podcast and things like that. Um, but with that said, sort of like I mean, like I I, I feel you there because it's been I I think what was that I graduated from undergraduate in two thousand nine, and I've basically done a career both as a travel blogger and working in IT since then. Uh, so jumping back into academia is is an invigorating experience, yeah. but very difficult because I really have to rethink the way that I've and been we structuring my life. Are, no, it's like ten
1: years since yeah, so
0: it's yeah, it's a
1: different way of thinking how you learn. When you were in your late teens, you yeah, know, in a yeah, totally different way. Um, and yeah, you got more responsibility as a more older adult. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it sort of, so it sort of comes there. Uh, it sort of combines there. So, uh, so with that said, what what would you say is the thing that you're most excited about uh, as you come to school every day?
1: Wow, um, what am I most excited about? I'm excited about everything. Yeah at the moment. Yeah. Like, I feel like a kid again. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, what,
0: what do you guys think about that? I, I feel almost the same way.
2: Yeah, same thing. I yeah. I've like every module so far,
3: so. I'm really surprised by physical computing. I had no idea what it was about, and then I'm just quickly become one of my favorite ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So so sort of give people an idea, uh, our course is essentially structured around different modules. So we've got different yeah. options for classes that we can take. Uh, One of the classes that some of us, and we've mentioned in the past, is a virtual reality uh, course. Uh, We've got a course called uh, Approaches to Play, which is sort of this idea of game design and theory. And that's what really is sort of like this this core concept that a lot of us are here for, is in terms of uh, studying this idea of how uh, games exist within... uh, play structures, and how they work, and how to design games, and not necessarily the entire development process, but what we've been talking about briefly in, in and out of different classes uh, or, or, or in different podcasts recently. We've been relating some of the games we've been playing to these core concepts that we're learning in this particular class. And um, this has been really exciting to sort of see, you know, all these games that we've been playing and sort of figuring out how they work, So, which is, which is kind of cool. We've also got this physical computing class. Uh, that Billy has mentioned, and a uh, creative coding module, which has been really cool, uh, where I personally, I've, I've struggled learning the code uh, in the past, and it, this has really opened my eyes to figuring out a way of sort of like, a, it's been kind of a major breakthrough for me. How about you guys?
2: Yeah, to me, it was the module I was the least looking forward to at the beginning, because I really want to become indie dev, yeah, I didn't really see how uh, it could like help me be become better in this aspect. Yeah, but right now I, I see really a lot of useful useful stuff
0: that yeah. I can use. We've um, we've studied sort of like a big part of the the course last week was studying Perlin noise, and Perlin noise is this concept of creating um uh, essentially sort of realistic or or natural. Uh, Sort of random randomness. So it's a yeah. way that you can use sort of things like noise to create uh, different shapes. And we 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 did a project where we had to create this mandala sort of object that changed as you move the mouse across the cursor across the screen. And like creating these sort of like generative art pieces as homework is really sort of it, it's been a breakthrough it's for quite, me. Yeah, yeah,
1: I like that approach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: didn't pick that module. Sorry, <laughs> right. kind of like, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I should have picked it. Also, so, so, but, but, that's 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 the cool thing is sort of like the way that this course works is that people have been able to choose different interests and we're able to interact at the end. So that like the, there's there's one other course that yeah. people have been taking this this uh, this semester uh, that's a three D modeling course, yep. mm-hmm. and next semester we've got quite a few as well. So we'll sort of like be able to sort of bring that in. So just to give people an idea yeah. of what it is, the structure. That we're we're working with here, uh, and how we're learning uh, to create games um, is 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 a matter of sort of learning these core concepts in different courses, applying them together. And it's funny that I'm sort of noticing that they we're mixing things together. Uh, you know, certain things that we're learning in one course apply naturally to other yeah, courses. There's a natural overlap.
3: Yeah. The, the cool thing is you can always sit in on any course, just sit in audit with the teachers. Yeah. Just ask them and. Then... Most of them are all of them are happy to have you there. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 been an incredibly enlightening experience, and and sort of like it's been really full on, uh, yes. as I think a lot of us <laughs> yeah. can attribute to just, that. Like just it, need more time. Yeah. Um, so so hence the reason last week we had quite a few projects that were due during the time, and I wanted to make sure that I respected everybody's time in the course. Uh, so we didn't have a podcast last week, but going forward we will, as often as possible, sort of have something available every friday even if it's just me talking uh but again yeah so that's that's cool like it's been it's been really good so far so um so we've heard from alex uh, i'd like to hear from tommy sort of like uh he's spoken briefly in another podcast about this but i'd like to reiterate just you know hey what what brought you here and what are you most excited about
2: okay so i have an undergraduate degree in computer science and at that point i was already very interested in video games but uh as the time went on, I was more interested in becoming an indie dev. Okay. Because I like bringing my own ideas, and I like to work in smaller scenes. I don't like to hear, hear like, orders from someone. Yeah. I like to really become part of the game design. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And, uh Yeah. So, I saw this uh, course that was called Indie Independent Games. So... I was really interested to see the modules, and yeah, the modules were very interesting to me, yeah, because I also want to become a more complete uh dev I don't want to be only focused on programming yeah i only want I also want to become like a better a better uh, person in modeling, yeah and yeah, stuff like that, physical computing
0: yeah. Well, I, I think what's really cool about sort of like these small team environments is you have this opportunity to wear many hats. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and, and and sort of like what's really cool about what we've been given this chance to learn is sort of like different aspects of how this stuff works. So we've been, uh, you know, a couple of us are in different groups for different projects and stuff. So Some of us are in, uh, say, for example, Tommy, myself, and Alex are in a VR class uh, project together where we're going to be building a... a uh, a experience for that, that we may talk about that later. And I'm uh, working with Tommy on a sort of board slash card game that we're working on in another class. And I think sort of this team management idea, this idea of sort of collaborative development rather than someone barking down orders is really interesting. Something that we've been really talking about, sort of making decision making as groups. And one of the big core concepts that we did in that uh, in our class recently was sort of Figuring out how to schedule teams and create team agreements and learning how to set expectations properly uh, by, say, for example, one, one of the hardest things that I thought was trying to figure out, you know, what happens if somebody leaves? And that was a weird question to answer. It's yeah. like, okay, well, if somebody leaves during the project, how does that affect? And that's a question that I never really thought about asking. So, um, yeah, that's cool. So, so, so Tommy, um, with that said, what would you say is the thing that you're looking forward to most?
2: Um at the start, it was 2 d modeling yeah, but uh I'm very interested in creative coding yeah, yeah the last week was very interesting, like Berlin noise yeah i really I really didn't like understand how you could create uh procedural worlds and yeah really great random stuff like this, and right now I have like uh, understanding for all of this like I can, I can finally program procedural worlds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I think that, that
1: is that's crazy. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. No,
0: it's, it's it's cool. I think it's really exciting to sort of think as a concept that at least for me I don't know if you guys played Diablo back in the day But just this idea of procedural generation has been sitting in my head since 1999 yeah. or whatever it was. So yeah, that's cool So, um, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Um, Billy, why don't you give us a a, a little bit of information on on what brings you here and what you're looking forward to most.
3: Um, So I'm kind of like Alex as well. I have sort of a musical background. Cool. Um, My undergrad was in music production um, and I just finished that last year. Oh, wow, cool. Um, So I spent a year off just saving up money so I could take a year just to study games. Yeah. Because there was a module in my last year on my undergrad was music for games. Yeah. And through that, I found out that working in games can be really really fun yeah um in the past in that year in between i taught myself how to code and stuff uh we did some game jams with my friends yeah I, I just really like that environment yeah and especially with game development you're you're not just making music you're not just making art you're not, you're not just writing the stories it's all together yeah in one medium and i, I really like that yeah how I mean, like, games is, almost, games is probably bigger than film, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I think what's, what's, what's amazing with that, and that really speaks out to me, my first experience I had with a Game Jam last year is I went to an event uh, for the Global Game Jam. Yeah. And there's this idea of authorial intent, right? This, this sort of, like, if anybody has the ability to take a piece of pe- a pen, understands how language works, and a piece of paper, they can write a novel. Right. But with that said, sort of games is such a, a beautiful collaborative experience that I, it is one of my favorite parts about it. It's the thing that sort of makes me really excited uh, to get up in the morning and sort of like share these ideas with people and build something together. Because I think it's really interesting that some of the ideas that we come up with wouldn't exist without the sort of commingling of different, you know, viewpoints yeah. that other people that we have in our team or otherwise like... Um, it's 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 just such such a cool experience to watch something develop where you've got input from multiple places and you've got different voices with different experiences mm. and different backgrounds and um, That that's the beautiful thing yeah. about this this idea of game development where we've got this idea of, of being able to take other people's Ideas and work together to build something together. Can so. you
2: tell me what your role was in the
0: in the Global Game Jam. Yeah, so um, so I helped sort of program, and again, I had not used Unity before that point in time, and I went to an uh, event uh, in New York City uh, called PlayCrafting plus NYC. Uh, so it was a, a group there called PlayCrafting, and they were working with um, Microsoft to put on workshops. There was actually... Uh, Phoenix has a uh, foundation that she's... Uh, where she has basically started called Code Liberation Foundation. And how I found out about this event in the first place was actually through an email from them, uh, which was really kind of cool. So it was sort of like an opportunity to meet someone that she had worked with over there. Uh, And it was at that point in time, well, I actually didn't find out I had gotten into the program until actually I was on the plane to New York. (laughs) But I was sitting there going, okay, well, if I don't get into this program or the other ones that I've applied to, and I... Want to make sure, hey, this is something that I've been dreaming about, I've been thinking about for a long time. Is this something I want to do? And I walked away from that experience definitely thinking that. So half the time I did spend doing workshops. So I want to sort of say that was one of the reasons why I went there. Uh, But basically what what my role was during that was scene development. Mm. So we made this game called Tiptoe. And it was basically about this giant monster like eyeball monster with these crawling hand kind of things and like if you think about uh sort of this idea of like godzilla like going through smashing city if anybody's ever played rampage uh on like the atari or whatever so you know that old game with the monsters that punch the city yeah um What if we were to flip that around? So we had this giant monster that was trying to sneak through New York City at night (laughs) to try to get home without waking anybody (laughs) up. And the theme for Global Game Jam was waves. So so what I basically had done was uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about how Unity worked, but I got the idea of how scenes work together. Mm. So I helped build the title screen, build the game scene, build the end screen, and sort of made those interconnected. Uh, While other team members worked on art, other team members worked on... And we were a group of... um, Five, I believe, but I'll have to double check that. It was four or five. We had someone that had a background in sound uh, that helped us make the tip-toe noises and the city (laughs) noises in the background. Someone that had a background in art that helped us create this weird eyeball monster. And and sort of like this idea came about just having us discuss, you know, what what comes together and watching that idea uh, congeal from these different things. We were thinking about sound waves and all this kind of other stuff. Uh, come together was was that was the moment where I knew I wanted to do this, mm. you know, like where I really absolutely I was I was hooked.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, for me last year I was uh, completely alone at the Global Game Jam. Okay. And uh, I had to like uh, join. I uh, had to join a random team. Yeah. And uh, all the people were very experienced with uh, yeah. programming, so I was very <laughs> scared at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't really see how I could become useful. I I never really used Unity, yeah. and GitHub, and stuff like that. So I, I was like, no, what <laughs> am <laughs> I yeah. going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they really helped me. Like, uh, they were they weren't very upset. So they re- always like, yeah, help me, yeah. become better in understanding things. And at the end, I really made something useful. So yeah.
0: Well, I, I think I think that's an incredible, valuable lesson to sort of take forward that as soon as we learn this stuff, yeah. to be able to share that with other people. It's one of the reasons we're that's doing this the, podcast. I think
1: that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah. Because everyone wants to help each other. Yeah. Up, yeah. And it's not like, that's kind of why like the music industry is a little bit against that in some ways. Yeah. Like, right. That's what I found over the years is that I'm getting a little bit frustrated with the attitude of certain people or certain right. things yeah. where they don't want to share, they want to sort of... It's because everyone's competition, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I, I yeah. find it's refreshing. Like, you would think it would be a similar situation with the game industry. There probably is pockets of that. Definitely right. in the mainstream. But, like, uh, the indie thing is wicked, man. It's like, yeah. everyone's willing to help you share your code. Everyone's willing yeah, yeah. to help each other out. And that's the kind of environment I want to be in. Yeah, Yeah, same thing from... Um, it's a huge, you know... Yeah. Right back to humanity,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It really is. It's, it's, it's really kind of cool. I mean, there's there are absolutely wonderful opportunities to use this and share this knowledge that we're getting here. So, um, we've talked a little bit about my experience at G- game jams and Tommy's experience. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the one your first um, game jam, Billy? So
3: I did Ludum Dare. Okay. Um,
2: uh, what was your? Role?
3: Um, I I used Game Maker, so I was basically I did the art, I did the programming, I did a bit of the sound, but not a lot. And then I had one other friend. He did the music and most of the sound effects. So um, we only had 48 hours to do that game. Yeah. And we started like about halfway into day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was really, it was actually quite fun to just be put under that constraint of time because it, it really forces you just to cut out all the nonsense and mm. get to it. I, I also live streamed it just to make sure that I wouldn't, procrastinate or anything (laughs) and that actually really helps
0: okay cool just to sort of keep yourself on track yeah and just to have
3: some credibility yeah say i'm going to do this guys you can watch me do it if you want and then a few a few people came on and watched it but it wasn't anything interesting because i was coding but it was just nice to have that feeling that i better be working because someone might be watching me (laughs) yeah
0: okay that's cool
3: yeah Um, i found my experience to be really really good um we did it we didn't do it in a place we did it Ourselves at my house. Okay. And then um, we uploaded it and then we got some. Because I think the way Dundare works is you rate other people's games and mm-hmm. then they rate your games. It's all online and it's all. They have their own databases and stuff like that. But um, I, I just found the experience to be really, really good just to feel. just to have finished something in 48 hours. Yeah. Which, because I, I'm one of them people who start a million projects and never finish anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Just
0: yeah. to have a game at the end of the day was... Yeah, good. just to sort of yeah. to see, see, see something physical that sort of like shows, hey, I, I made something, yeah. right? And it's, it's such a, a cool experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, right on, guys. So, uh, so speaking of sort of making things, uh, we've had class projects recently, uh, some that a lot of us really struggled with. And I just wanted to sort of say, you know, like, hey, how, how is school going for you? How is living in London? Uh, if it's some place that you've lived in for a while or if some place that's new to you, I just want to sort of see what this experience is like. So, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how, how this experience is different from where you've been before or where you're from, uh, if you feel comfortable sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, so
1: I've been in London for, let's see, what, 10, 11 years, probably 11 years now. I've seen it change a lot over the the last ten years. Yeah, I'm originally from Norfolk, uh, which is like the countryside. Yeah. uh, Like a small village, small town. Everyone knows each other. Um, And obviously, I came here to study music, and I fell in love with London. I thought London is a place for me. Yeah. Uh, I have ups and downs with London. I hit a bit of a rock bottom bottom about two years ago sort of suffer from depression on and off um but i'm on top of things now it's yeah good. um yeah living in a big city like this it, like it's hard i mean it's yeah hard. um i don't know what to say um, well i mean
0: it can be sort of like you know what's what's, what's creating you know Big cities, right? Yeah. It's a place that you can get lost in the crowd and that can either be something that you want or you don't want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, can, you have to kind of find your own groove with London, I think. Yeah. Um, definitely.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, London has been sort of a liberating experience and, and I grew up outside of San Francisco and that's very much sort of has, I've watched that change, you know, like over the past three decades, sort of like it's become a very different place. And there's definitely that mentality of sort of trying to get ahead, and everybody's sort yeah. of out there, there, there and like is that can actually, be
1: definitely, and that, that kind of can absorb you a little bit. Right. It can be quite like, am I good enough? Or you know, you right. start questioning yourself because but, of the, the sort of expectations of people about like, right, are like, what the London vibe is. It's very fast paced. Yeah. And, like, if you you know, but if well, you forget about that, it's more enjoyable. You know, if you're with people who.
3: You have to find your circles in London. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's like once you once you do find them, it kind of becomes nicer to live in. Yeah, because I mean, if you just get a train to work every day and just do your thing, you can you can go by like weeks, just not really interacting with anyone, not making any new
0: friends.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it I, can I, be a place like I, that. I kind of fell into that, you know,
0: ninth, you know, not yeah. Same having thing. having like that. a job, you know, um,
1: yeah, and just surviving.
0: And you um, just get into a real think, yeah, routine. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
3: Um, it's kind of sad, but um, I think that's just how it is in cities, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, because this is, this is the only place I know. Like,
0: well, is I it mean, like that? So, so, so I, I, I think it can be. And, and the reason why I wanted to sort of bring that up specifically is because I never saw myself as a city person. And no I, I, I fell in love with London when I came here. And there are aspects of living in a city like this where it can be, you know, it's kind of like when you're riding down sort of like trains and you look outside and you see all these windows and it's like, okay, well, everybody in those windows actually has a life and they've got a story of their own. And there's this crazy <laughs> whirlwind of things that are happening around you uh, that you may never actually see. And it's sort of like that can be overwhelming, but it can also be really interesting. Because uh, I found sort of like as a place... Um, you know, like I, one of the reasons why I sort of like explored coming back here is because uh, as I had been traveling, I met a lot of people here. And I really sort of looking for a place to sort of like start afresh or at least kickstart a new lifestyle, um, you know, because I felt like I had been very stuck where I was. And um, London has provided that opportunity, not only just because I met some really cool people that was sort of like that I was lucky enough to have the start of a friend base here, but at the same time, there's so much opportunity for things to do here mm. that there's always choice. You know, You've like you can that. find those yeah. circles if you're willing to look. So, um, I I find it, and and also I, I can't tell you how excited I am to not have a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, for real, like I mean, I just uh, public transportation is just not the same uh, back where I'm from, where I had to commute on a regular basis, and I used to be able to bike to my office faster than I could drive. So yeah, yeah, yeah was, I used to live about six miles away. Took me 25 minutes to bike, and it took me 45 minutes to drive because of traffic. So it's just like, yeah, it didn't make any it's crazy. sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, so it's 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 different. It's it's interesting coming back in here, um, and uh, you know, starting afresh, you know, even if it is just for a year, um, you know, just getting this opportunity to, to understand what living in another place is like has been really. Uh, I really, I mean, I can't it's, tell you how happy it makes me to be here. It's
3: nice to hear that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, I've, this is all I know. Yeah. So it's nice to see a different perspective on life in London. And yeah. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. It, it, it can be, it's sort of like, I mean, it's 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 different now, like since, say for example, when I had been visiting previously, you know, or visited friends or whatever, there's definitely more opportunity to, to do different kinds of things. But with that said, sort of like, that doesn't mean that I'm not at least still going out and trying things while I'm here, while I've got time in London. Like we did... Um, uh, an event at the Victorian Albert Museum, mm-hmm. there was a talk there for sort of called Parallel Worlds that a few of us went to, and that was really interesting. And that's sort of like games related, but there's also things like, uh, for example, I love the markets. Like, that's something that's yeah. just not, I wouldn't have back home. And I finally got a chance to go to Borough Markets again for the first time. Nice. And like, uh, ages, like, I mean, last time I was here was like a year ago, so like, getting a chance to go back there, and like, there's this place that has um, uh, these these confit duck wraps, and I ran over there and made sure I got one because like they're <laughs> always closed every time I've come by and like it just made me really excited to do this, you know, silly, think, somewhat touristy thing. I think thing.
3: you're sort of getting into the London groove, like you're getting your landmarks. Where yeah. yeah. I, like this, I like the food from this place. I like yeah. the scene from that place. Yeah. I think like me, I have like, a sort of map of London like that as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, once you, once you, like, I, I still don't think I've discovered everything here.
0: I don't think you can. Yeah, no, it's you it's got, just so it's much. It's changing
3: and morphing. But um, that, that said, though, to discover everything would take a lot of money as well. Yeah, fair is, enough. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I really don't like being here. Yeah. It's, it's it really expensive. expensive. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. Just to travel, just to eat, it's, it's yeah. a lot. And uh, I think with me, I, 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 I can't manage all that. I'm, I'm just spending my time and money just focusing on
0: the course. And that's yeah. what I can that's do. Yeah, that's
3: kind of what I'm, yeah. I
1: can't
0: I mean, with with that said, I'm 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 hoping that this, at least to some degree, is an outlet yeah. for us to sort of sit down oh, yeah. and talk to each other yeah. and sort of get a chance to uh, get to know each other a little bit better and play some <coughs> games and stuff like that as well. So, um, um, yeah, That that being said,
3: though, um, I do know a lot of free places in London which are really nice to go to. That okay. They, they cost nothing. Okay. So like, if you've been to Richmond Park,
0: no, not yet. It's
3: beautiful there.
0: Oh no, wait. Is that where the deer are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have yeah, been yeah, to yeah. Richmond Park go last there, year.
3: If, go there when it's like. January in yeah. the morning. Okay. It's like sort of like hazy orange sky. Okay. It's really frosty. It's nice. Okay, cool. It's also Alexandria uh, Palace. Okay. Yeah, Have you been it. there? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's like, it's, it's it's on a really high hill mm-hmm. and you can overlook London at yeah. that point. Yeah. And there's a, there's a big ice skating rink in there as well. Yeah. So They do
4: gigs there as well. Mm. I saw Bjork there.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: really
4: good. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
3: But wait, another thing. Um, There's so much music going on in London. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You can like throughout the year. there's always something. Always new apps and stuff going on. Yeah. From like indie scenes to like big name apps, everything. Um. I've I've been to like the O two Arena a few times. Okay. That was really good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a concert there. That I went to this. There was this Star Wars thing that they did last yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> that was sort of like that was kind of cool. And That was kind of cool because you went around. It was almost like a game. You built yeah. a character. Uh. It was called Star Wars Identities, I believe, and uh, that was that was really kind of neat, and I ended up with, like, this guy who was, like, you built this story that he was, uh, I don't think he was a Jedi, I think he <laughs> was, like, some farmer or something like that, but I can't remember. I'll get a picture of it somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, cool, so just just want to get us a bit back more on track, sure. uh, and before taking a short break here, I'd like to ask Tommy what his experience has been like, because you're also not uh, London native and you may have a different experience than I do from moving to the city. Uh, what's that been like for you jumping in here and sort of experiencing this for the first time? Um, I don't see much difference between the Netherlands and
2: here. Okay. But uh, yeah, first of all, I've lived 17 years in France, four years in the Netherlands, and one year uh, in England. And uh, in France, we, we are very close to each other. We handshake like when we meet people and when we leave. And like for instance, I go to the gym almost every day and in a week I met like I know I knew everybody in the gym room in yeah. France. And here in the Netherlands I've been I've been to the gym for like many years and I still I almost know nobody and yeah nobody like greets me or talks to me or so, for me, it's, I was, it made me a bit depressive, to be yeah. honest. It was well, very
0: different. It's, 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 it's interesting to hear you say that, because I miss that. Like, I mean, I, I would give people handshakes, but I feel like that's very taboo here. Like, yeah, I mean, I, people just don't do that. I, it,
1: I, I find it interesting, this, because uh, it depends on the people and the culture, I think.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, kind of weird. Once yeah. you once you kind of break that barrier... Yeah, once yeah. You nice yeah
1: I think there is a barrier. In yeah. I think there's just... Uh, stick up, you know, the sort yeah, of like yeah. British yeah. kind of... Everyone's doing everyone's their own thing. Yeah. Especially at the gym. It's like, yeah. I don't want
3: to, I don't want to like, tell you what to do or anything like that. I don't want to like, get in your zone. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to leave you, and let you do your stuff. Yeah. That's definitely what they're thinking. Like yeah. yeah okay. like, if you, I think if you go, go up to them and talk to them, they're probably nice people as well.
4: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think um, it's hard because you just have to be the one to initiate. It's yeah. also hard being in a new
0: place also. Yeah. Like, I mean, in general, sort of like, I mean, I've I've struggled with learning to meet people and stuff like that. And I don't know if you guys have uh, built circles out. Like, I really enjoy spending time with you guys and I'm glad that you guys are taking time to be social with me. Uh, but I've also used things like meetup.com uh, as groups or walking groups and doing sort of the thing, the other things that I'm interested in outside of the space of games as a way of sort of meeting people within that circle. And I found that has been really successful for me in terms of meeting new people which has been really kind of cool so um with that said i'm going to table this for now i'm going to give us a little bit of a break uh before we come back and actually talk about a bit of games uh before the end of the uh the end of the episode here so uh, bear with us for a moment we'll be right back Alrighty, and welcome back, folks. Uh, We are here, uh, sort of, we had a chance to take a quick break here, and I just wanted to open the floor, I think, uh, with the time remaining, because we've got about 10 minutes left. I don't want to go around and talk about the games we've been playing as a group. Uh, However, I do want to, the next time we get a chance to meet, I did actually have something I wanted to talk to you about a couple of weeks ago, and I've mentioned this in the previous sort of preview episode, um, about uh, arcade culture and what it was like sort of, Uh, arcades in the UK because I get the uh, impression that it was completely different from what I used to have. Like, say, for example, when I was growing up, uh, two things that I remember about arcades in the US, like, one, uh, I was part of this um, uh, this t-ball team that was for, like, a round table pizza, which is, like, a pizza... Sort of like plays, but like they used to have a Street Fighter Two machine and an NBA Jam machine, and I'd go play that all the time after (laughs) games. Uh, But we also had this really cool arcade that we used to do for for uh, birthday parties called Tilt, and it was huge. It was this massive thing in this mall, sort of like down in the bottom area, and like had hundreds of games. uh, And people would just go there as a place, sort of like a social meetings place. And like my my mom would drive us. And my brother's sort of over there and just kind of leave us there with a bucket full of tokens <laughs> and just sort of leave us there for the afternoon, um, That's awesome. which, is, which is crazy. It was such a cool thing. And it's, it's weird to sort of think back, like, this mall where that, that arcade was and it's no longer there is a ghost town now. It's such a creepy place. Like, I mean, like, I don't – and it's, it's this place that I used to love when I was a kid. And then, like, just going back, just watching that sort of disappear as arcades really kind of went away for mm-hmm. this yeah. – um, uh, sort of different type of experience was was crazy. So, um, you know, like I'll I'll mention sort of I went to the whole thing that sparked this was I had a friend visiting from the United States and I was trying to figure out something to do, and like it was dark, the weather wasn't great, so we went to there's a Namco arcade um, Is it LV. Did you guys say Las Vegas arcade? N- no, 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 no. So it's it's the one that's over by uh, Westminster Bridge. Okay, so it's yeah, actually yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the Namco Fun Zone or something like that. Uh, but they've got like a Mario Kart arcade yeah. machine and a Time Crisis mar- uh, machine, and like
3: I used to go there quite a lot. Yeah, I like it. My, my it's cool. Dad and my brother. Oh, like, cool. You get the tickets, right? And then yeah, you yeah, yeah. There. I still
0: have some. They're sitting yeah. in my room somewhere. Yeah, I forgot to check them out for like probably like a piece of candy or something. Yeah, like get the sweets but, like... and the pen or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so 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 I'm just curious, like what? So, so 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 if you did that with your dad and your brother when you were yeah. a kid, is it is that the only arcade that you guys uh, ever went to? There or? used to be
3: a really big one, an awesome one called Trocadero. In okay, Piccadilly Circus. Okay. Okay. But I think um, they've closed that down as well. Okay. Yeah, it's gone now. Oh man. So I think they just maybe it's the same in the states like people have just sort of stopped going to arcades and stuff.
1: Yeah. It definitely
3: feels like that. Cuz it was yeah. it was I don't it, I don't think it was as cheap as in the states cuz a game could cost a pound.
0: That's yeah, I much. think I noticed how, how much they cost yeah. the yeah, Napter one down. So so now so. I didn't know that because like you used to be able to like um, I mean, and that's changed over time. I think there might still be a few arcades. There's, uh, there was one place called Nickel City where, like, games were a nickel. So like a five p, you know, yeah. basically, it was really not that expensive. But generally, I think the n- the normal denomination for a standard game, unless it was a bigger game with like a cockpit or something like that, was it was twenty five cents. Hmm. So. Is that um, Fifty pence right. A
3: uh, no, twelve. Well, it's a
0: cockpit, like a twenty. It? Yeah, 20 it's yeah. like a twenty p. <laughs> yeah. Coin. That's Essentially, really good, yeah, yeah, it's really good for that. Like, I mean, you used to be able to play through, like, I mean, like, you had a couple of dollars and as long as you were good at Street Fighter, you could play for ages. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that. that, was that. So um, we used to play Time Faces. Yeah. Oh, I love that game, oh, man. Like, I, 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 I miss that. Because you could go, like,
3: really far with just a pound. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, when you eventually die, it's like, do you want to continue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do miss that. It's, um, it's something that's kind of disappeared. But speaking to other older people... It it definitely did exist like that yeah. sort of social um, culture of yeah. like um, arcades and stuff. Yeah, um, I think just as it became more and more expensive, people just stopped going to them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I, as a kid, I don't really. I think that's when the play that's PlayStation and consoles were starting to come out. Yeah, right. You know, when we were yeah eight, eight mm. to ten, which is probably the key age where you would hang out at arcades. Yeah. yeah. Um, they yeah. started to make it a bit gimmicky. The arcades, I
2: think, like, I, around I think... sort of
4: nineties. Yeah,
1: well, for
2: me the arcades are actually pretty far to go to that place, and yeah. when you're at home, you can just play online.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, no need to. Convenience was better,
0: wasn't it? Yeah. Well, do you guys feel sort of like, I I don't know about you guys, but do you guys feel like there's something lost with Definitely. that sort but of I like do physicality, feel that,
1: like especially when you talk to the sort of. Guys who were, you know, girls and guys who were, you know, in the 80s, who were just like loving the arcades at that time. And then, so you felt you kind of missed that a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, when, yeah.
3: When I was younger, so it used to be like a one Nintendo 64. Yeah, um, we had a like a, a club after school club. Yeah, and all the kids used to go to it and used to play like Mario sixty four together, like Golden together. Yeah, and I think yeah, that was the substitute. To, yeah,
1: that was the substitute. Yeah,
3: we had part. like four controllers and then yeah. we all just. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice all big TVs. Place to meet with
2: a yeah. lot of gamers. And yeah. 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 yeah,
3: so I don't think um, we lost out on like that social aspect. Right, but we we our interpretation or our perspective of it wasn't. Like we went to arcades and stuff,
4: which but I you it still have that bad. sort of social yeah, space,
0: yeah. Well, so, 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 what I'm curious more is sort of like, I mean, do you think that that kind of social space is lost or has it all moved online? I think it's changed now, it's changed, it's yeah,
1: it definitely changed, and right? Moved into something else now, yeah, where people are doing it in their own houses, and yeah, yeah, communication is changing, yeah.
0: So it's, it's
3: definitely moved online, I think,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I miss sort of having that, that physicality of being in the same room as mm-hmm. somebody that you're playing yeah. a game with. And, you know, of course, you get the opportunity for those really large cabinets that have, like, say, for example, I don't know if you guys have played that Pac-Man versus Arcade Machine, which is, like, four, like, just massive screen. Oh. And, like, you know, each <laughs> person sort of, like, it's, it's, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. But those kinds of experiences just really don't exist within true. a home framework. Yeah. So Yeah,
2: we... I, uh, this summer I went to Japan and with ah, uh, yeah. five people we played Mario Kart. Oh, cool! We each had a wheel. Yeah. It's something you don't have like at home. Yeah. yeah. And that's really a unique experience. Yeah. So it was very fun.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like yeah. it, it's 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 such it's 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 unique. It's different. It's it's special in kind of a way. And 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 it's something that I wish returns in more. I mean, I see places open up like arcades. You'll hear this, and there's a lot of those in Oregon and. Uh, that I have friends that live in Portland and I've visited them. And there's, uh, there's one really good one there that I don't remember the, t- the name of off the top of my head, but I'll try to see if I can look it up and put it in the show notes. But um, like this idea of sort of being able to still have that space uh, existing at least somewhere is nice, you know, but like I don't know how long that can exist.
1: Out of interest, I've, have you heard of these sort of VR? Things they sort of doing the same things arcades. So you go to a a place and then you, you know, meet up and then you play a VR.
0: When uh, I, I, I saw one. I if not take off. It, maybe. I mean, like you know, this is where we've got these sort of experiences coming together. I guess it depends. Like, say for example, the void, right? Yeah. So uh, uh we had uh, one group that presented something about the void. Is basically this. Multiplayer virtual reality experience that's usually in sort of exhibition areas. I went to the one that was in New York when I went out to that game jam. Uh, there's uh, Madame Tussauds, which is the wax museum. Yeah. They had a Ghostbusters exhibit and they had a Ghostbusters Void experience, and that was really unique and really interesting. But you had to go through Madame Tussauds to get to it. So I don't know. Like I mean, like I thought it was incredible. Like I mean, in terms of the mo- of virtual reality and level of immersion. Um, specifically based on the terms that we've been defining it as sort of like this opportunity for creating what's called place illusion so this idea that the hardware is able to create the illusion that you are in a specific place that's not where you really are so you're able to walk around in this this space you can see your hands uh you're not tethered by cables because you're wearing a proton pack so it feels like you know i mean well the proton pack is a backpack with your vr equipment in it but it was it was liberating and interesting in a way that a v- uh, arcade experience would be otherwise. It's just expensive, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily something that could take off, but I, I, I hope it does. You know, it's it's something that I think is really interesting. Um, I don't know. What what, what 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 do you guys think? I haven't
1: experienced it myself,
0: but I, I I read an interesting
1: article where some I think it was like someone who actually invested a ton of money of buying up a space buying hmm. as a VR gear, uh, and then building like a small catalog of games that he would advertise out. And wow. Like, so it was like a, a, like an evolved arcade room he was trying to build with just using
2: VR. Hmm. I've experienced it in Japan,
4: like yeah? in the summer. What I was that like?
2: Sort of, it was kind of like a uni- universal studio. Thing. Okay. It was in Tokyo. And uh, there were a lot of games that were a mix of physical and digital.
4: Oh, wow.
2: And you also had a, a, a few games where, you, where like 20 people had to wear um, virtual reality glasses. And uh, yeah, it was a very unique experience. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool. You know, you, you know what's crazy to sort of think about this idea of evolving social spaces in a virtual environment? Because, you know, yeah. it's weird, like, to sort of it's think of I mean, it's, it's, it's almost the opposite of what we would expect this to be. But in order to get people together, you really have to have something interesting. So, um, cool. Well, uh, just to sort of get, we're, we're approaching the 45-minute mark. I don't want to truncate our conversation. But speaking of playing games together, uh, we are here, and we've got a little bit of time. And what we're going to do, um, this podcast is going to go up after this actually goes, goes live. But we've got a Twitch channel. Uh, so Twitch.tv/playfulexperiences, so you can watch the archive of this broadcast later. But we're going to play a little bit of games together. So if you'd like, uh, feel free to t- check us out there. Uh, you know, uh, like us there as well. Um, if you've been liking the podcast thus far, and you've been listening on SoundCloud, on iTunes, or on Stitcher, uh, please give us a review. Uh, tell us, tell us what you think. And if you've got questions. We're happy to answer them. We're looking at doing sort of a question and answer session at the end of the podcast. You can reach us at contact, that's C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at playfulexperiences.com. And I'm really glad that you guys took the time to join us. I'm very thankful to Alex, Tommy, and Billy for joining me uh, during Reading Week, which is our technical week off of lectures, to sort of play some games with me and sort of chat about games with them together. Um, I thank you to all of our listeners for your time, uh, and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.